We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is November 7th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia, in a new location. What is up, Luke? A new location, and uh, it's the new the new home. I've been, as some of you guys know, uh, I talk way too much about my personal life, but I, I, I don't really care. It's the front end, you know. Uh, introduces you to me if you've never listened before. Um, I was living with my parents the last few months after moving back to Florida. Now we are officially in the townhouse uh, for at least the next year. That's what we signed on the dotted line for. I got Wi-Fi up just in time to uh and some time away from packing to watch that fourth quarter of the Warriors game obviously then went and rewatched the game in general uh following that but uh yeah been a been an exciting last week for the Sylvia family got a magic dub which they're few and far between so I appreciated it almost had another one so I'm 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 pumped to talk about it can we talk about the fact that since I sold my house and have been building my house I think you've changed jobs. You've moved across the country. You live with your parents, and now you're in your own spot all before I'm in my house. Yeah. Low-key de- depressing, if I'm being quite honest. But we got some good news from the builder. We should be in next month. So super excited that. for that. Looking forward to that. Love hey, that. one more thing. I don't mean to like shout out my own drip here, but this is one of my new hats. I absolutely love this hat. This was a... It's a seven logo sports. I think that's the, yeah, seven logo is the name of the brand. I got this dead stock. Nobody ever wore this before I wore this. I want your opinion on this logo here, this Orlando Magic Basketball logo, because in the last, you know, I don't know, five, six years, there's been this shift towards these more like circular, smaller, more Mm -hmm. compact logos. I know the Magic are, you know, kind of exploring what they could do in the future with the brand. Um, but what do you think of something like this? It's kind of similar to that style that we're seeing now, but it's kind of breaks out of the mold of it. I kind of like this. The circle reminds me of, of like, just like golden state 
type of of circle right um yeah obviously they they didn't invent the circle but that's who i think of when i think circles right now i think like golden Um, state atlanta brooklyn yeah uh the Mm -hmm. clippers come to mind a lot of teams have have shifted that way yeah and um i i don't hate it the i like the hat in general i will say that i I like i do like you know i I do like the hat uh the 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 dark blue does that say basketball below Orlando Magic? Yep. I I don't know how I feel about that part. I think if if that was off it and it just said Orlando Magic, like I don't need to know that they play basketball. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? I understand some formality. I think that'd be the only thing I would take away. And then I think Chef's Kiss. It's it's a it's a perfect hat. It is a great hat though. Thank you, sir. When we were in Atlanta, uh, you know, the second game of the year. You know, they, they refer to themselves as the Atlanta Hawks Basketball Club. You know, I think they took that from a lot of the like European, you know, teams, the football clubs, as they're called over there. But they had these sick jackets for their season ticket holders where it said like on the back, it would say like Atlanta Hawks Basketball Club member on the back. Mm. Those were fire. So yeah, I, I've never been into like the it. basketball club thing, but those jackets, I was really jealous Especially it's a cool thing to give your season ticket holders like our season mm-hmm. ticket holders really just ha- they give you like a shirt that says loyal blue and then you have the lanyard which the lanyard is cool but that that jacket was nice it was like um like an old starter jacket kind of yeah no that, I like that for sure Atlanta's always they got a little something to them they that's a that's a great they got some flavor they got they got the style there. They and got they dead rats they on the get, sidewalks. You know, no big deal. That was that was crazy. That was wild. That was crazy. Pretty you, crazy. You posted. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. That well, was, thank, that was thankfully, weird. Kevin stopped me from stepping on it. Like we're watching. Like, bro, watch. There's a dead yeah. rat. I'm like, bro, I'm surprised what? you had to. And it was like a like that, that thing. thing had been sitting there a minute. Like it, this was not an overnight dead rat. Birds like, that hadn't thing, even gotten to it though. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it, that thing had been sitting there for a little bit. All right, let's get into the weekly state of the Magic before we recap these games, Luke. This week, the Magic went 1-2, and two, uh, which brings them to a record of 2-8 and eight on the season. They do have the worst record in the East, which uh, they also have the second worst record in the NBA, just above the Houston Rockets, who they are going to be playing tonight as you all are listening to this. Uh, on the season, the Magic have an offensive rating of 108.9, which ranks 23rd in the league. They have a defensive rating of 112.9, which ranks 18th in the league. Their overall net rating is negative four, which is good for 23rd in the league. And right now, I know we're going to talk a little bit about this, but they are third in free throw rate. Paolo Banquero has a lot to do with this, but Mm -hmm. the Magic had a 46 free throw attempt game against the Golden State Warriors. I did not look up before we started recording what is like the NBA record for most free throw attempts by one team in a game? I can but find a I personally can never remember seeing a team shoot 46 free throws in one game. I was completely flabbergasted. And I know I am, you know, one of the, the biggest critics out there of the officiating. I just I just want things to be consistent. That's all I really want is is consistent quality officiating. I don't think that's too much to ask, but I know if a team shot 46 free throws against us. I would be screaming from the rooftops about the officiating. When it benefits us, I will admit I'm okay with it. 
Yeah, so I can't find it for whatever reason the internet makes it so difficult for me to find just like a straight stat for the most attempted by a team in a game. I'm sure if I wasn't doing it on the fly, I could find it. But I did, Jonathan, find something magic related uh in regard to free throw. This uh article that I had found on sports sports sportskita uh dot com. They had done an article essentially talking about free throw attempts. Uh, in 2012, Orlando Magic center Dwight Howard set an NBA record with 39 free throw attempts in a game uh, against the Golden State Warriors, in which he went 21 for 39 from the free throw line. There's a reason you're going to the line, big fella. And uh, we knew it. We experienced it. But 21 for 39. So he shot 39 free throw attempts himself. That's just Insanity. crazy to me. It's funny that that game was also against the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Magic right now, third in free throw rate in the NBA, which again is a big deal because for the better part of the last decade, the Magic have been towards the bottom of the league in free throw rate. Uh, looking at the injury report, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, Mo Wagner all remain out. No real updates uh, on those timetables. We saw last week Markel looks like he's out of the boot but he's not yet scrimmaging. We heard that from Jamal Mosley. That was actually before the Warriors game on Thursday. He did say that Jonathan Isaac and Gary Harris are like a full half-court activity, which we kind of knew from J.I. That's a little bit of an update for Gary Harris. Hopefully we'll see those guys soon. I mean, Jonathan Isaac keeps making these cryptic posts you know, to his Instagram, whether it's a picture of him playing basketball or like, you know, he's tweeting today about like, don't give up. Like, you know, God is going to take care of you, all these kind of things. Maybe he's very close to returning and is feeling encouraged by that and wants to share, you know, the emotions that he's going through. Like, you know, myself pretty recently, God like really delivered for me and my wife in our life. And I felt the need to like share that with everybody. Maybe J.I. is going through that. He wants us to know, like, look, the cavalry is coming, boys. I know it's rough right now, but help is on the way and help is desperately needed. And um, we need that. Yep. We need it really badly. Uh, a little bit more of injury news that happened like throughout the week, but now seems to to be resolved. Terrence Ross left Tuesday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder with a left knee contusion. He left in the first half, did not return. He missed Thursday's game against Golden State, but he returned Saturday versus the Kings. So uh, he was out just for a few days there and was back uh, against the Kings. Quick shout out to our patrons. If you have not heard already, we do have a Patreon where for as little as $2 a month, you can financially partner with the show um, to help us do things like upgrade equipment, you know, get access to other resources to help bring you all uh, better content and make you all more informed Magic fans. Uh, we also have things like access to our Discord channel. We have a monthly Zoom uh, for our Hall of Fame tier patrons where you guys can just jump on with us for about an hour talk about Orlando Magic basketball with other fans. Uh, we have folks from around the world that join that. And it's always a lot of fun, uh, but you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We don't have any new patrons on this episode. Normally we would shout out any brand new patron that we have, but I have to make a correction from our last episode. So if you mm -hmm. remember from the last episode, we talked about our newest patron was Hafrican. And I was like, I, I hope that I'm saying this and I was not actually saying it correctly. So Hafrican uh, is actually half Rican, but in my defense, Luke, it's spelled H A L F R I C K A N. So half mm. Rick Ann. 
But because he's Puerto Rican, it's kind of a play on Rick, his name, and the fact that he's Puerto Rican. So it's half Rican. Mm. So I feel very badly, uh, you know, that I went the half Rican route. But I think I was justified by the spelling. But it is half Rican. So we will make sure uh, to um, pronounce that correctly moving forward. I wanted to shout out our boy Rick uh, for the the Hall of Fame tier uh, patron here. And then we also shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons on every single episode. Now we have 47 of them. So bear with me. We're going to go ahead and shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons, Luke. Shout out Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Michael Salapong, Franz Goto Fichot, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama, Woot Woot, Pierre A, Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Redhead, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Ligon, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Brandon Grace, Chad 3045, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Barus, I hope I said that correctly, and Half Recon. Thank you to all of our Hall of Fame tier patrons. And again, find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, my boy, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, Once again, I'm really glad that we are recording this episode about 24 hour removed from a loss instead of immediately after the loss. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to let you choose what game we want to talk about first. Do we want to talk about the incredible, exhilarating win of against the Golden State Warriors? Or do we want to talk about the crushing loss to the Sacramento Kings? I'm going to do our listeners a favor. Maybe, maybe you're running late somewhere and you don't have time or you don't, you know, you're maybe a little booked the rest of the day and you, you just want to get to the, the, the feel good part of this episode. And you don't want to hear us drone on and on about the, the mishaps that happened in the Sacramento Kings game. I'm going to elect to go with, let's talk about, the Golden State Warriors and the Orlando Magic. Golden State coming into this game, losing four straight at Amway up to that point. And we we know what unfolded, but I, that is what I want to talk about. So we have to start just by prefacing the fact that Golden State came into this game. Uh, they're on, they were in the middle of a, a five-game road trip, essentially, that started in Charlotte. They lost 120 to 113. Then they lost in Detroit. 128 to 114. Then they lost in Miami 116 to 109. So they're coming into Orlando with a three game losing streak. And the the feeling before the game was like Golden State's going to want to get back on track tonight. Like the Magic really might be in trouble. Um, And if you would have told me that, I think it was Clay and, and Steph, I believe those guys combined. For like a bajillion points. Um, yeah, some somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Steph Curry thirty nine, Clay Thompson twenty seven. So what's that? Sixty six points. Clay uh, shoots seven yeah. of fifteen from three. Steph eight of fifteen for three. If you told me that those guys combined for sixty six points, fifteen of thirty from behind the arc, like the Magic, this game was over by halftime, is what I would guess. But that was not the case. So the Magic actually. We're down double digits multiple times in the first half. And we're it like we're at halftime. I'm not to blow up my boy's spot here too much, but oh, you can do it. Luke was like, this game is gonna be a blowout. Like going into I've seen the half, enough. 
we're you're down double digits. Things have been rough lately. Like let's let's call it what it is. Like you know the Magic started the season zero and six, and you know going into this game they were what one and seven, I mm. believe one and seven going into this game. So it, it did seem like the writing was kind of on the wall. But for me, I was like you know the Magic were down you know eleven or twelve points in that first half, came all the way back to take a, a, a lead, although it was brief. They took the lead. And then Golden State, you know, did have a nice run 10 the first half and to take a double-digit lead into halftime. And then it only got worse from there, honestly, in that third quarter. The Magic found themselves down by as much as 16 points in that third quarter. And then Paolo Bancaro had a, a nice stretch in the third where I believe he scored like eight out of the Magic's like 10 points over the course of a few minutes. I think he scored like six straight. Bull Bull had a bucket. Um, and then Paolo Bancaro had a, another bucket in uh, another bucket a few minutes later, but just really had a, a super impressive third quarter uh, for Paolo Bancaro. So it was 12 points in the third, five of six from the floor, added two rebounds there, uh, two of three from the free throw line as well. Um, just really helped the Magic stay in that game just long enough to to kind of get a second win in that fourth quarter. And then it was the Jalen Sugg story. So if, if you're not familiar in this game, Jalen Suggs had 26 points, 9 of 17 from the floor, 2 of 6 from the three-point line, but very timely threes in that fourth quarter. 6 of 11 at the free throw line, not a, a great night for him, but added 9 rebounds, 4 assists. I think he had 3 steals on Steph Curry in the fourth, 2 like in crunch time, 2 mm. massive threes. So if we just look specifically at that fourth quarter for Jalen Suggs. We're talking about 15 points in the fourth, five of seven from the floor, two of three behind the arc. And I'm sorry, it was two steals on Steph in the fourth quarter. I think it was three steals total in the second half. Um, but just superstar level stuff from Jalen Suggs. As bad as he was the game before in Oklahoma City, again, it was his first game coming back after missing five games and just shot incredibly poorly against the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was, I don't think this is like, I'm not exaggerating. He was sensational against the Golden State Warriors and everybody contributed in this game. Everybody that saw significant playing time in this game contributed to this win. But Jalen Suggs was like by far and away the the biggest reason the Magic won this game. The biggest reason and the, the biggest surprise, <laughs> you know, coming off the game before where quite frankly, I mean, people were calling for Jalen Suggs' head after his return from injury. Jalen, I don't know if he if he heard it. I'm sure he he's his biggest critic, so I'm sure he felt it um, that he needed to have a big game. And man, the the defensive plays like if you take away his offensive performance and you replace it with like his average offense performances, you know that he that he typically has. And you just give me the elite defensive plays down the stretch. That's more than enough for me to be like, Jalen Suggs could be on this team for a very long time. I don't know that he is a cornerstone piece, but I know that he is a contributing piece. And he just could not impress me enough in that game. Like there, I was so impressed with Suggs and and just his ability on the floor. Obviously, he gives his effort. But he was tying everything together. He shoots Jonathan eleven free throws in this game. You wishes he you wish that he makes more than six. But you were talking about the game before of like at some point 
refs have to call something when Jalen Suggs goes in 100 miles an hour and flails and does whatever he does that Jalen Suggs does. They got to start blowing the whistle one way or the other. And they they did it. He shoots 11 free throws against Golden State. I really can't believe that that Steph and Clay combined for 15 threes and the Magic still found a way to win. I mean, you caught lightning in a bottle in this game from from Jalen Suggs to the bench, even with Ball Ball not doing great offensively, right? Like Ball Ball has four points, but gets six rebounds and two blocks in 18 minutes. It was just it was an impressive all around win for this team. And I definitely thought it was over at halftime. There was a lot of Kevon Harris in this game as well. Uh, in twenty, almost twenty-one minutes, twelve points off the bench, five rebounds, a steal. Uh, he had a, a big and one in this game as the Magic were you know, kind of mounting that comeback. I just want to go through like the last roughly six minutes or so and just like highlight like Jalen Suggs because it, it just seemed like basically every play he had a big hand in it. So the story starts in the fourth quarter here. Um, the Magic are up one hundred eight. Uh, to 113 five minutes 39 seconds left uh, Jalen Suggs steals the ball all of a sudden it's basically a two-on-one fast break with Jalen and Paolo throws the alley-oop to Paolo Magic go up 108 to 115 and yes you know you're up seven with five minutes and 30 seconds to go at home in the second half you typically feel pretty good about that but remember you are playing the Golden State Warriors and they're always going to have a shot as long as that three-point you know shot is falling for them, and of course you know with that team it, it basically always is. Fast forward just a little bit. Golden State you know comes back. Magic are up three, one seventeen, one fourteen with four thirteen to go. Jalen hits a twenty-foot pull-up. We're fast forwarding a little bit here again. Magic are up uh, or down one, excuse me, one fifty-five to go. Jalen Suggs twenty-six foot wide open a three-pointer from the left wing give the Magic a two-point lead. 148 to go. Going down the floor a couple of minutes later, Magic are up one. Jalen Suggs gets fouled, makes both free throws, three-point game. Curry comes down, hits a three. Now it's a tie game with 37 seconds left. Jalen comes down the other end, sizes up Clay Thompson, shoots this this three, and I'm seeing him size up Clay. And in my head, over and over and over, actually out loud, I'm saying. No Jalen, no Jalen, no Jalen, no Jalen, no Jalen, no Jalen. Yes, Jalen! As he pulls up this rainbow. To me, it looked like, I don't know up to you, but to me, it looked like it was going to fall short, and it falls through the bottom of the net to put the Magic up 126 to 129 with, uh, what was that, 37 seconds to go. Magic are coming down the other end of the floor. Suggs steals the ball, gets fouled at the other end, or gets fouled, I should say. The Magic were in the bonus. So he only makes one of those free throws. At this point, it is a four-point game, 31 seconds to go. Clay Thompson hits a crazy three in the, the far corner near the Magic bench with mm-hmm. 29 seconds to go. And you're like, all right, we basically need a basket here to put the game away. And Paolo, in my opinion, I think there was like 11 seconds left on the clock uh, where he decides that he's just going to go. And it was a little bit early to me. Um, he, uh, am I, wait, I'm thinking of the wrong game here. No, this is the one where he was driving, tries to hit Wendell. Paolo has a, a clear lane to the basket. I was thinking of the Kings game. We will talk about Paolo going a little bit too early in that one. 
these clutch minutes are just kind of blurring together for me. But he he, he had the right thinking because if Wendell is paying attention and catches this pass, it's a wide open dunk and the Magic are now up three with a few seconds to go. Um, but he turns the ball over out of bounds and the Warriors have the ball 4.9 seconds to go. Clay Thompson misses the runner. I'm screaming. I can't believe I didn't wake up my kids. Um, but it was just an incredible win with the Warriors fully staffed, essentially. You know, all of their main guys are playing. They want to win this game. Clay is playing really well. Steph is playing really well. And it's just your young guys in the second half that step up again and again and again and make plays. And then you walk out of there with a win over the defending NBA champions. Um, was as fun of a win as I can remember in a long time for the Magic. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, like you said, as fun of a win you can remember. Um, I mean, thankfully, Jordan Poole can't buy a bucket uh, specifically from three. Shoots one of five from there. Um, you know, Draymond Green does his Draymond Green things, eight, five, and seven, the most Draymond stat line I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you look at here and we'll, we'll touch a little bit, you know, obviously more on this as we talk about the Kings game too, but some interesting things from the rotation side of things for the magic in that golden state game, Caleb Houston plays just four minutes. Mo Bamba plays just five minutes. Um, but you get a huge lift from the bench in this game, man. And uh, you talked about it, right? Like Kevon Harris had some big plays uh, in that game. Chuma Okiki gets to the line, shoots six free okay, throws. Okay. Goes, okay, okay. Sorry, you, I know, dude. You're it's so rough. right. It is rough. Uh, shoots six free throws, makes five of those. Um, sixteen and nine stat line, three of five from three. Just you were getting performances from everybody. RJ Hampton. Had a great night as well in his 20 minutes, 15 points, three of five from three, getting to the line, shooting four free throws. Like everybody contributed in a major way if they got major minutes. It was refreshing. It was a, a, such a fun game to be a part of. And obviously we'll talk about the Kings game, but the bench was totally the opposite where you just couldn't get any help anywhere. But yeah, like just going down the line, Paolo, 22 points, 8 rebounds. Wendell, 14 points, 9 rebounds. Franz, 19 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Jalen, we talked about the 26 points. Chuma, 16. Kevon, 12. RJ Hampton, 15. You got seven guys in double figures. Um, all of those seven guys except Kevon, you know, were in the, at least in the teens. That's massive. When you have the Golden State Warriors hitting 19 threes, shooting 44%. From the three-point line and shooting 51% from behind the arc, you just always expect that you're going to lose. The Magic end up shooting 53% from the floor and 43% from the three-point line. Really, the, the biggest difference is just the, the free-throw discrepancy. Um, 46 for the Magic. You only make 33. If you shoot anywhere near you know, 80-85%, this game isn't even this close you know, at the end, but... Again, uh, the the Warriors have had issues defensively this season. They've had issues, you know, defending without fouling. So it is kind of following a trend for them. I don't want to say it's a total outlier, but forty six free throws. I mean, my goodness, it was it was it was it was nice to get the benefit of the whistle. I will definitely say that. The Magic last year don't shoot forty six free throws in that game, and it's it's obviously starts with Paolo. 
Jalen being the aggressor that he is and being in his second year where he is just more comfortable to do those things and attack the basket even, you know, somehow, even without even more regard for human life, you you just get big performances from the free throw line. Chuma did it, like I said. RJ Hampton got to the free throw line. Uh, Dell got to the free throw line. Franz Wagner shot five free throws. Like, you couldn't have asked for a more well-rounded game offensively and defensively man what are you going to do with Steph and Clay you yeah. can do you can scheme all you want if they're on it doesn't matter you just have to score more than them it's a track meet and you better hope you win and somehow the magic got it done we've been critical of of Mosey and like going to the zone and I kind of smelled when it was happening when they switched to the zone in this game I think it was I think it was late in the first half and Golden said, you knew they were going to figure it out in two seconds. Everybody has film on the Magic Zone now and has kind of figured out how to beat that relatively quickly. But credit to Mo, like Mo's, once he got into that and realized like, okay, they're just chewing this up, he got out of it. Like, I think it, we maybe played it two or three possessions in a row. And he's like, no, this is, we're not going to do this. So to his credit, again, free throws were a big part of this. Bench points, Magic Bench outscores Golden State 45 to 23. And then the Magic just shot the crap out of the ball and allowed you to hang in this game. But again, a, a big 130-129 to 129 win over the Golden State Warriors. Luke, you said it. They're going to score points. There's not much that you can do about that. Um, but would like the Magic to play at least a little bit better defensively, and I, I hope they will as the season goes on. So that was really fun. Um, don't forget, I hope you took advantage of this. Uh, after every Magic victory this season, the next day you can get 50% off your online order with Papa John's the next day with code MAGICWIN. I hope you redeemed that on Friday. I know I did. I know we hooked um, our boy, was it JD, up with uh, yeah. with a free pizza as well. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. do that a few times this season, you know, after some Magic victory. So be on the lookout for that. But just remember to, to take advantage of that code because 50% off pizza, not you know, not a bad deal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right. So we have to talk about this. Um, I still can't believe that we lost this game. <laughs> We're talking about the game to the Sacramento Kings. Um, Magic lose this game 126 to 133 in overtime. Essentially from half court, De'Aaron Fox hits a bomb as time expires in overtime for the Magic to lose this game. This game was especially frustrating uh, because the Magic held a 20-point lead in the third quarter, um, completely squandered away, obviously, as they came back in this game. Uh, a few different issues for the Magic. Uh, you know, the, the turnovers I really didn't think were that bad. Um, but foul trouble, especially from Jalen Suggs. Um, we were doing a good job, I thought, of containing De'Aaron Fox through most of like the, the first half and into the third quarter. Jalen Suggs you know, goes out, I believe, with his fourth foul in the third quarter. And then De'Aaron Fox like really just took over. To, to give you a little bit more context, in the first half, De'Aaron Fox had nine points. In the third quarter alone, De'Aaron Fox had 13 points, has six points in the fourth quarter, and then has nine points in the overtime period. Um, that third quarter when he started to get busy, Luke, was really when Jalen went out of the game. And then as good as the bench unit was, against the Golden State Warriors, they were basically non-existent. We got 13 bench points in this game. You've got four from Chuma, four from Kevon Harris, and then you get five from RJ Hampton. To me, that that was the story. I mean, sure, the, the Magic get pretty sloppy in that third quarter. They finished the game with 17 turnovers. Nine of those came in the third. And I think what what did they score in that third quarter? Twelve points, Luke. So apart yeah. from just falling apart defensively, letting De'Aaron Fox really get going and getting into that rhythm, which I believe directly led to him hitting that three to win the game. Because at that point, he's yeah. just like really feeling it. He's rolling. You can't stop turning the ball over in that third. And anytime you turn the ball over, you're ending a possession, uh, which for this team is super important because they're not always going to shoot the ball like they did against Golden State. Uh, but you know, back to that third quarter again. Nine turnovers. The Magic shoot five of seventeen, twenty nine percent in that third quarter and score twelve points um, to the Sacramento Kings thirty six. So you're up twenty. Mm-hmm. You go into the fourth trailing at that point. Um, not, I don't want to say lucky because you know guys did play well, specifically Paolo and Franz. But you force overtime. You're lucky to even have a chance at double overtime because they really didn't play all that well in the first or the, really the only overtime period. You get the steal. Chuma dunks it with 6.6 seconds left. De'Aaron Fox doesn't even dribble the length of the floor. And people are talking about Jalen Suggs kind of sagging off. De'Aaron Fox pulls up with like three seconds left. It's a tie game. Jalen's not letting him get to like the free throw line and closer. That's De'Aaron Fox's sweet spot. Aaron Fox pulls up and, and nails almost a 40-footer on you. What are you going to do at that point? Now, it was super frustrating for me because the Magic never should have been in the position to lose this game. Mm-mm. But I'm not super upset about that final possession. I'm upset at the result of that possession. But I would give the Kings that shot to win the game 9 out of 10 times. Yeah. There was a lot of, I think, 
first of all, we'll get this straight as if it's need to be needed to be said. Neither of these teams put together two great halves of basketball. It was two different games. They, they they talk. You hear people say it. It's the tale of two halves, and that's just what happened. And and the magic, the magic outscored the Kings in three out of four quarters. If you told me a before going to this game that the Magic did that, they outscored the Kings in every quarter except for one, and the Magic put together quarters where they scored thirty three points, thirty two points, and twenty nine points. I'd say it's a wrap. The Magic won the game. The Kings aren't that good. The Magic won the game. Now, I also will say the Kings aren't that good, but they are very talented. It reminds me in terms of that way of the Orlando Magic, where I don't think the Kings are as bad as their record shows. Both teams come into this game with two wins on the year. Granted, the Kings have played less games. I think they were two and five coming into that game while the Magic were you know two and seven. But I don't think the Kings are as bad as their their record says. You can never sleep on a guy like De'Aaron Fox. They've got DeMontis Sabonis. Can I just say how freaking fast that those guards are between De'Aaron Fox, uh, uh, between him and Malik Monk? Like watching them both play, it was like, dude, it just felt like they could get their shot whenever they wanted to. They just were shifting around any defender that they that they pleased um the kings honestly could point to a lot of things as well in terms of what could could have been could have gone differently kings don't hit their free throws the magic really needed to capitalize on that and win this game as a result demontis sabonis what did he miss like six or seven straight at one point uh finishes the game five of 12 from the free throw line like hits those big free throws late there are so many storylines to this game that like it really does like i said feel like we played two different games and the magic won that first one in a landslide. Unfortunately you get 12 points in that third quarter and it just cannot happen. It is as easy as this, Jonathan, I can read you the plus or minus of the starters and the bench. And that's what I'm going to do. And we're all just going to cry together. The starters, uh, Paolo plus one, Franz plus three, Dell plus 14, Bull Bull, who missed one shot and it was a three pointer in this game, plus 10, Jalen Suggs plus 10. Uh, I think in this game, it was more so Suggs got the benefit of playing alongside these starters to get that plus or minus at plus 10. Um, but that leads us into the bench part of this. Chuma Okeke minus 12. Admiral Schofield in three minutes was minus four. RJ Hampton, 17 minutes, minus 11. T. Ross, minus 13 in his 16 minutes. And Kevon Harris, minus 13 in 16 minutes. So there was nothing there. You already pointed to how many points this team, you know, the bench brought off, uh, brought out for us. As great as they were in Golden State, like you said, they were equally as abysmal in this game against the Kings. It was the same thing, man. You could definitely tell that the starters for the Kings plus four, plus five, minus 12, minus 12, minus 16. Um, while their bench plus 10, plus seven, minus eight, plus 15, plus 16, 
plus six. That plus 16 uh, was Malik Monk there, unsurprisingly. So it was very much just the bench units going against each other. Their bench was better than our bench. And it all goes back to once this team is freaking healthy, Jonathan, I think we stop having the depth conversation. I know we stopped having that. We stopped having the depth conversation. The magic just don't have it there in terms of depth. And unfortunately, the NBA talent goes a long way. And as much talent and as much length is in the starting lineup that poses problems for so many teams, even the, you know, especially the Kings, as we saw mounting a 20 point lead. If you don't have the depth, you're very capable of losing these games to teams that have superstars like De'Aaron Fox who can go out and give you 37 points while not even shooting that great from three. He's just can get anywhere he wants inside the paint. So obviously it was, it was the bench, right? We, you know, we've talked about that, but also just as good as you shot the ball against golden state from behind the arc, four of 23 in this game, 17.4%. It's going to be tough to win a game in the NBA shooting the ball that poorly from deep. Now, luckily, they were able to make up for it with their overall field goal percentage, 50 of 92, good for 54%. Uh, but Paolo Bancaro, man, Paolo was so special in, the, in this game. 33 points, 14 of 26 from the floor, uh, 16 rebounds. Um, was really just doing it all for the Magic, kept them in this game. Uh, really, like down the stretch, it was him. It was Franz Wagner. Franz was great in the fourth quarter, great in overtime. 31 points, 13 of 22 from the floor, which is good for 59% from the floor, uh, four of five from the free throw line. The biggest thing for me with Franz right now is, is just the the open threes. You know, he has the the open three really towards the end of regulation, which could have put this game away. It's a wide open look. He's He's got to start hitting those. Um, I think, I haven't looked at it in a few days, but going into the game against Golden State, he was shooting like, 20% on wide open three point attempts this year. Like mm. that's just unacceptable. Like I think I looked like most guys are anywhere from like 35 to some guys are like 45, 50% on wide open three point attempts. We're talking about like some of the best shooters in the league. Uh, RJ for, Hampton probably for, for Franz. Yeah. Franz uh, RJ was like shooting, I think over 50% right now on, yeah. on his catch and shoot threes. Um, but yeah, Franz, I, he's going to get there. I don't know. Again, we, we, I feel like we talk about this every episode. I don't know if it's just the offensive responsibility that he's dealing with right now. Also chasing around, you know, some of the better guards on these teams on a night to night basis defensively. But a lot of these, you know, have just been short, like hitting the front of the rim and you're wide open, man. You, you really just have to sink that. Um, but going back and I, I know I, prematurely mention this uh, when we're talking about the Golden State game, uh, but the Magic get the ball um, with 25.4 seconds left in the, in regulation. Um, so that's what a 1.4 second differential on the shot and play mm -hmm. clock. And Paolo could really dribble this clock all the way down and take the final shot, which is what I really wanted him to do. But he decides to go with about 11 seconds left collapses the paint for the for the Kings which is you know, the the right basketball play kicks it to a wide open Franz Wagner um, who misses the three luckily Jalen Suggs is able to come up with the offensive rebound he actually gets a pretty good look from the three-point line 
um, as time expires, uh, he you know misses that, and then we go into overtime. And again, um, you know the, the Magic are trailing. The Magic kind of miraculously come back, score four points in the last eleven seconds to tie the game, and then it's six point six to go. Jalen is just sagging off De'Aaron Fox just enough for him to get uh, that ball off, and it was it was literally like he took two steps over the half court mark and just pulled up and 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 freaking nailed it. It reminded me of Oladipo hitting the three to take the lead against the Oklahoma City Thunder and then Russ driving the length of the floor and hitting that three off of the glass uh, to force overtime and then the Magic lost to overtime to the Oklahoma City Thunder years and years ago. This one hurt a lot more because it you know completely ended the game, but that was the last time I remember somebody kind of it was unlikely for him to make that shot, but just drive the length of the floor, pull up, and just hit a bomb on us to rip our hearts out. Yeah, it just really sucks. Like the Magic, there are games like if they want to be competitive, if they want me to not lose money and hit the over 26 and a half wins on this season, these are the kind of games that they need to win. And I don't care who the opponent is. Like Golden State, if they would have got blown out, we would have been like, all right, it's Golden State. We have a young roster. That's why we were so excited when they came back and won that game. I don't care who it is. You have a 20-point lead in the third quarter at home against a team that has two wins on the season. There are zero excuses to lose that game. You need to win that game. We talked about having a big double-digit lead on the road late in the game against the Oklahoma City Thunder before you lose that game. And I felt like that was the, the worst loss of the season up to that point. It's still inexcusable. You have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter on the road against a bad team. You got to win that game. This was even worse of a loss, in my opinion. It really, really sucked. Yeah, I think that obviously the Kings know, right? Like they're an NBA team. This the basketball is a game of runs, and this was the epitome of a game of runs. The Kings know they're playing a young and experienced Magic roster. And they could take advantage of it. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that this, they're, the, even their mindset is probably completely different if they're playing an established Golden State team and they're, you know, talking about the Kings and they're down 20 at one point. I don't think that this happens, but I think in due part, it's because the Warriors, you know, might not let that happen. Obviously, the Magic erase the deficit against the Warriors a few nights prior, but the point goes great teams don't let the 20 point leads in the second half do like the, you don't lose those games. Great teams don't allow that to happen. We know this team is not great. We know this team is talented. We know they have all the potential in the world, but unfortunately this is just another learning lesson for, for this magic roster. You just got to hope that in the same scenario down the road, whether that's this year or next year, they don't let go of the rope. Uh, there's just some things that happen in this game, man. You go from playing so big and imposing so many issues for this Kings roster to playing so small where you've got Paolo and Chuma as your bigs, basically, right? Um, you know, you what was that? Who was that down the stretch? Um, let's see, just to looking at foul, what Dell fouls out, right? Yeah, late in the game. And honestly, I was, I, what I wanted to what i wanted to see was is mosley there's no way he puts bomba in the game right here does he chuma's not been great so you're putting chuma in but you're not going to bring mo in cold especially 
he might feel a little resentful up to this point. Uh, you bring him in finally there in crunch time, but you bring in Chuma, you're playing small again, and it just like, I don't know, man. Um, the Magic just had really big issues with the small lineups and such great success with the big lineups. It was it was a weird, weird game, and I it really sucked. You hated to see the the shoulders drop and the heads drop after De'Aaron Fox hits that shot. Every Magic player just collectively is just exhausted, irritated, playing high volume minutes. It it was it really was rip your heart out game winner, and it hats off to De'Aaron Fox, man. He he played his butt off, and there was nothing lucky about that shot. I'll tell you that that guy he is he's disgusting. He is so good. And, uh, you know, you just, like I said, you got to tip your cap to to a guy hitting a shot like that. Luke, I want to ask you, so, like, obviously, this was a, a tough loss. But now through 10 games, you know, 2-8, and eight, you're really in every game down the stretch. Like, maybe apart from, like, that New York game, like, even the Cleveland game, you know, you're in that until the last four or five minutes. Uh, against Dallas, you're in that until the last, you know, four or five minutes, I believe. So we're talking about eight of these 10 games. Um, so that puts you at what? If you take those two games away, two and six. So six of the eight losses so far, the Magic had chances to win these games. We talk about Detroit. Obviously, that Isaiah Stewart late three was critical. <laughs> Atlanta, Trey Young just goes crazy in the second half. You know, no Jalen sucks because he gets injured. Uh, that Boston game, you're in that until the final minute. Uh, Dallas, you know, same thing. You're in that until the last couple of minutes. Oklahoma City, again, you're in that until the last couple of minutes. And then Sacramento, you lose that on a buzzer beating you know, three from almost freaking half court. Are you as as hard as it's been? You know, now we're sitting at, at two and eight. Are you encouraged at all by the way that? this young team who's been crushed with injuries has still been not only competing, but like really has a chance to win in the second half, even deep into the fourth quarter in almost all of these games. I am absolutely encouraged uh, on a, on like if you really deep dive, like you just did, I'm very encouraged on the surface. I can understand a how frustrated magic fans are that this team is two and eight. This is not the season that like, regardless of, you know, the, how it unfolds, this was not how you anticipated the season playing out at the beginning. And it, it does sting a little bit because, you know, you talk to people that aren't magic fans that are just casuals or they just are fans of other teams. They don't watch the magic in general. And they look at the Magic 2-8 and eight and they're like, hmm, yeah, looks right. And it just makes me so mad because it's like, you don't know anything. Like, just because you say, like, dude, why are you mad that, that your team's 2-8? and eight? Did you really expect you guys were going to put it together this year? It's like, I didn't think we were going to put it all together this year. But I did I think that we absolutely are going to hit over the win total 26 and a half? Absolutely. I made a podcast appearance uh, in the last few weeks before the season started. And that was one of the prop bets that I was like, 
it just doesn't make sense that this team can't hit over 26 and a half. Now, there was a huge caveat in that, which was if the Magic are healthy. If the Magic have not been healthy, Jonathan. I think once you get these guys back, you are able to compete and not only hang around in these games, but you're winning these games. I will say, uh, I don't know if it's just like minutes load or what down the stretch for these guys that they're and they're young and inexperienced. That's obviously a huge part of this and why they can't finish games. But I just have to think with a fully loaded roster, you've got enough guys that you can put into the game and you can put uh, on certain players on that you know off you know defensively that you're able to make things happen and get things going. There's just probably more of a confidence when you've got your whole team with you, right? Like, like Jonathan, you ever played a, a pickup game and you just it's 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 you and and a bunch of scrubs. Or like you just know there's if these guys got to play minutes, we're probably going to lose this game. But if you go into it with your squad, with your guys that are just they're incredible players or like you, you have great chemistry, whatever it might be. You have so much confidence that you can win the game and you play differently. And I think that's what can happen for maybe not Palo. Palo is going to be Palo no matter if he's got Weenie Hut Jr. on his team. But but, you know, some of these other guys that we've seen struggle, maybe Franz is a little bit more confident from the perimeter if he's got a fully healthy roster that he's not playing with these low bench guys when it comes down to the fourth quarter. Yes, these bench guys aren't playing like crunch time minutes per se, but they're playing fourth quarter big minutes. And I just think that this all gets flipped on flipped on its head when the magic are able to actually rotate all great players and fans don't have to sit and look at the TV and be like, man, I really don't want to see X player on the court right now in these big fourth quarter minutes. It'll be a huge difference. And I think we're going to see a switch that gets flipped, but it's a matter of when. So Luke, right now the magic with eight games have played the most games with clutch minutes and clutch minutes classified by the NBA are games with five or less minutes to go where the game is within five or fewer points. So they've played eight games. They're one in seven in those games. When you look at um, clutch minutes per game, the magic are 20th in the league. So although they've played the most clutch games, they're 20th in clutch minutes per game. So that means the last five minutes, the magic are like getting super close and then teams are just kind of extending it those last few minutes and the Magic are losing the game. So through 10 games, eight of those have had at least a few clutch minutes. And to me, that is super encouraging because what this young team needs the most, we know they're talented. We know they're capable. But they need to learn how to win. And the way Mm -hmm. that you do that, at least in my opinion, is you get as many reps as possible. And so far, we're seeing that. They're putting themselves in a position night after night after night where the game is winnable. They're not delivering yet, but they are getting there, I think. Like last night, Franz, I think, had 12 points in the overtime period, was 5 of 5 from the floor. I believe in the fourth quarter, Paolo Bancaro had 10 of his 33 points. Let me pull that up here. So in the fourth quarter here, yeah, Paolo, 10 points, 4 of 6 from the floor, six rebounds, two assists. 
Like we're watching this game and we're like, Paolo is taking over and, and keeping us in this game. And the overtime period, it was Franz. Like Franz literally did not miss in that overtime period. So for me, it's super encouraging. I don't want to say like the Magic are about to turn the corner, but it would not surprise me if the Magic turned the corner like relatively soon as Paolo gets more reps, as Franz gets more reps. Getting guys healthy will be a massive help. Like if you tell me in the next couple of weeks we get Markel and Gary Harris back, all of a sudden I'm feeling a lot better about the rest of November and you know into December, this kind of gauntlet that we have. So I understand people are super frustrated. People are frustrated with our players. People are upset with the coaching. What do they say, Luke? Winning solves everything. So if we can get through this kind of learning curve of figuring out how to win and execute in these clutch games, they've had plenty of opportunities so far. If we can figure out how to win, Gary Harris talks about it when he was in Denver. Like for a long time, we just had to figure out how to win. And once we did that, things started happening really quickly. And he did say, I think it was at media day, that he feels like this team can figure that out pretty quickly and start to get things together. Given the two and eight start, I, I, I would, I'm willing to double down on the 26 and a half. I don't know what our mm. project, I don't even know if you can do that right now, but I would put another hundo on over 26 and a half. I just feel like this team is much better than it was last year, much more talented. Even given the injuries, the Magic should still find a way to win at least 27 games this year. I, I still firmly believe that. If we can get guys back sooner rather than later of what we're thinking, then maybe we're talking about having a, a reason to play in March and in April. I don't know if you're going to yeah. be... I mean, if, if we want to take a look at the standings around the league still, so the Magic are what? Two and eight? Right now, they're two games out of the play-in. Now, you yeah. you don't want to play like this too long because eventually some of these other teams, we're looking up the standings, we're looking at the Nets, we're looking at the 76ers, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are sitting four and six, the Nets, the 76ers, all four and six. Those teams are going to figure it out and start to get things kind of rolling here. But if you told me 10 games into the season, we're two games out of the play-in, you and I both would have took that to start the season. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. tell I mean, the whole story, yeah. but the season's not over right now. That That's kind of what, what I'm saying. The season's not over. Right. The season is far from over. Yeah, you're you're up against the clock right now. I think that that is the biggest enemy of the Magic right now. You're up against the clock. Yes, you have whatever it is, uh, 72 games left in the season. You're up against the clock. You need these guys back healthy in the next two weeks. You need it. You cannot like you. You cannot give this front office a total of three wins when you're X amount of games into the season at that point. So you, you, that's why what I mean when I say you're up against the clock. At some point, listen. This front office they were watching Wemby and Scoot Henderson go at it. They were at that game. They were highlighted like they are right there. They have great seats. They know you can't. This young team cannot give them a reason to just wave that white flag. You can't do it. There's you cannot. So you need to get these guys back on the court. 
Because not only do these guys, you know, they lead the league, right? Like you said, in clutch minutes. Not clutch but, minutes. They're 20th well, in clutch minutes. But right. they, they played the most amount of games that had clutch minutes in them. Right, right, right. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, So point still stands, right? Like that, that stat doesn't stand if this team's healthy. Like you, this team is just winning games if they're healthy. Yes, it would suck that you wouldn't get maybe the experience, but I'd trade about anything to not be two and eight right now. So True. I don't care. Like you, you would be winning games comfortably if this team was healthy right now. I think this team is a great team, but if healthy, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't. I, listen, Kevon Harris, you've given us some some really good moments. But I trust a lot of these injured guys a whole lot more. And I, that's just how it is. So I, I just I cannot wait until those guys are back. We all know it. We all share the same sentiment. But this team is going to be special when those guys are back. Well, look at it this way. I mean, the Magic start 0-6. And, and now in their last four, they're 2-2. Two and two. And you've got a, a, a Houston Rockets team coming in tonight that you should be able to beat. They, the, in the my first opinion, game of the year, the worst team in the league. The first game of the year, Jonathan, that the Magic are favored, and they're not just favored by a couple points like the Kings were against us. The favored blast I checked like four and a half points. So the Magic that that is this is a going into tonight. This is a game you have you have to win. I know that there's like talk about is something a like that you need to win the game or that you just can't lose the game. The Magic need to win this game for the sake of morale. If you lose this game, man, like I'm not going to say your season goes down. We know that's not the case, but it does a lot to the team's morale. I think if you lose this game, no matter how young and great and cohesive this team is, you got to win like for the sake of cohesiveness and chemistry. You can't just win like you got to just blow these guys out of the water. And I think that you're able to do that. So going into the Charlotte game, you're you're you know you're down you know you're zero and six, right? Like you're down yeah. bad. And and we talked about on the podcast, like I don't care what happens in this game, you're zero and six. You're at home, no Lamelo, no Miles Bridges. I mean, we'll see what happens with that whole freaking mess. <laughs> but you needed like Terry. you had to d- dig deep and find a way to win the game. And they blew them out, and they won very comfortably. Got to do it again. You are right. After losing your 20-point second-half lead at home to the Kings and then losing in overtime the way that you did, you need to come out and blow the doors off the Rockets. Have to. They need to be like, Houston, we have a problem. The Rocket is, what what was one of the challenger? The Houston Rockets Mm. are now the challenger. It's exploded. Okay, We need to blow the doors off of the Houston Rockets. Okay? Yeah. So last week... Both of our predictions were were just in shambles. I had us going two and one. You had us going zero and three. Obviously, you know we we pick up the win against the Golden State Warriors. We both said the Magic were going to lose that game. But let's look ahead to this week. So we've already talked about the Houston Rockets, right? We've talked about that game on Monday night, which is starting at seven fifteen. By the way, the last two games, these start times, just been very strange. Saturday was at five o'clock. Monday night, it's going to be 7.15. And then you've got the Dallas Mavericks at home at 7 o'clock. And I think 
Florida's looking at like a tropical storm, like potentially on Wednesday. And a lot of the tracks that I'm seeing right now have it going like right through Orlando. So I don't know what Lovely. is going to happen with this game. We haven't heard anything, obviously. I'm just really curious as to whether or not this game is, is going to get played. I don't know if they would play in the middle of a tropical storm. I don't know if it's safe to do that. But then on Friday, uh, they've got the Phoenix Suns. That game is going to be at 7 o'clock. Luke, I think we both agree that the Magic should beat the Houston Rockets on Monday. I think we'll both pick them to win that game. What about w. these other two games this week? I... I'm going to say... I'm feeling better than I was last week, Jonathan. You know, you get a win against a talented Warriors team, been there, done that team in great fashion. I think uh I think it's a two and one type of week, Jonathan. I think it's a two you're two and two in your last two, like you pointed out. I like that well, perspective. Your last four. Your last yeah, two and two in your last two. That's uh defying logic. But I think uh I think you can do it. I think the the Mavericks have the Nets tonight as you listen to this and then they travel to Orlando. I'm uh I'm hoping they get a great fiery win against the Nets. I I hope the Nets take them to the wire. You got some unfinished business with the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Magic win that game. So I I think then you drop one to the Phoenix Suns. I think you go 2 and 1 this week. So this is my case for the Magic beating the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. So Luca right now I think has tied Wilt Chamberlain for most 30-point games to start the season. He's going for the record Monday night against the Brooklyn Nets. Ooh. After that, potentially we see a little bit of a Luca letdown if you will. Given the fact the Magic just lost to this team, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, whatever it will be at this point, the Magic have a chance to win that game Wednesday versus the Dallas Mavericks. However, mm. I don't think they'll win. Okay. And I think they lose to the Phoenix Suns as well. I think the Magic go one and two. <sighs> yeah. We're kind of flipping this week. Usually I'm the optimist. You're the pessimist. Mm-hmm. This week you're more optimistic than I am. Yeah. I just really feel like this bench unit is not something that you can count on to be consistent enough. Um, and you know the, the starters are going to do their best, but the, the bench just has not been good. And you're going to mm. need them to be good to beat teams like Dallas, like Phoenix. Yeah, have us going one and two. Now, if we uh, have a okay. very pleasant surprise and we get someone back, yeah, then I'm going to feel differently. I, I that was what I was gonna say, Jonathan. I was gonna say, but what if I told you we had a surprise mystery player come back against Dallas? Did we have news break while we're recording this? Or this is your way of surprising me? Of course we didn't. No, I wish. I wish, bro. I would. I would. I would have already. I would have screamed it through the microphone if I had saw magic injury news at this hour, especially. Um. No, I mean, if you get like a we Gary Harris playing half court, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to act like I know what that means uh, in terms of him being back or whatever, because J.I. is playing half court, too. Now, you give me Gary Harris back and you can bring him off the bench on limited minutes. I, sign me up. 
Sign me up. The Magic need it. I don't think the Mavericks are great. The Mavericks are five and three. They've won three straight, starting with that win against Orlando. I don't think they're that great. You let you let Luca do his thing, put the team on his back. That's fine. Let him get his. I I just think that the Magic can can catch the Mavericks like they. They almost did it already in Dallas. I, I I think that especially if you bring someone back for this game, just give me one. But if you're feeling real generous, give me two, and we're gonna win this game. So I, I'm I'm gonna feeling stick real to two sexy. Give me everybody yeah. back. <laughs> give me everyone. Um, yeah, I I think I think two and one. I need a little bit of optimism. Like you said, the tropical storm coming in. I don't know. This is the first I've heard about. It. I got so much going on. I know you got a lot going on. I'm surprised you caught wind of this at this point. We'll see. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at the like the practice schedule because my opinion, our, our best chance to start to get guys back is going to be the Monday that we play the Hornets, November 14th. So if we look at the Mac- Magic's practice schedule right now, uh, so Monday, they're going to have shoot around. Obviously, they play Houston Monday night. They're off Tuesday. Wednesday, they play the Mavericks. Thursday, they have practice, the 10th. Uh, and then Friday, uh, that's when they play the Phoenix Suns. They practice Saturday. They're off Sunday. And then they play on Monday. So they have two practices, one on Thursday and one on Saturday. If you were going to bring back a guy like a Markel Fultz or a Gary Harris, you're going to have two practice sessions to be able to get those guys in, get them to run, see how they're feeling. And then this two-week homestand, like when Markel went down and and Gary went down, we were like, that's going to be the best opportunity to get these guys back. And if the stars align, Luke, Mm. if everything finally comes together after two years, two-plus years, Maybe the magic just say, surprise, Jonathan Isaac is back. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's likely to happen. I have nothing to go off of except my hopes and prayers. <laughs> but to me, like a lot of sports is narrative. It's drama, right? It's not always about you know the, the product on the court. The best way to bring Jonathan Isaac back would be with would be some kind of dramatic promo video, not just to have him show up as ready to go the day before the game on like the injury report or like the afternoon before the game. For a guy that's missed this much time, who was as good as he was prior to the injuries, and as badly everybody will everybody is going to lose their mind when Jonathan Isaac comes back. Love him, hate him, indifferent, whatever. People are going to tune in. People are going to put butts in the seats to see the night that Jonathan Isaac comes back. And I think the Magic are just going to come out of nowhere one day. We're going to hear nothing. We're not even going to hear that he's nearing a return. I think one day we're just going to hear that he is back. And that's going to be it. And to me, no better opportunity to do that than after a, a, a stretch where you've had multiple practices and you're playing at home in a winnable game against the Charlotte Hornets. So to me, that's when we should, in my amateur opinion. Dr. Lee opinion. Exactly. We should see Markel. We should see Gary. 
And if the Magic want to bless us and bring Jonathan Isaac back that night, I will not be mad. I would love it. And if it's um, that night, we're clipping this and putting it everywhere. And we'll yeah, look like Jesus. For sure. For sure. Um, the last thing I will leave you with, Jonathan. I've been seeing, we've been seeing Jonathan Isaac like disrespect for years now. This is not an uncommon thing to see. Years. It's crazy years. that it, we're not exaggerating when we say for years. You know what's wild to me? I am all aboard the bull bull hype train. I don't think he's going to be a star. I think that he is going to be a good player if he stays healthy. I have seen the 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 most disrespect I've seen lately is people talking about they're already crowning bull bull is better than Jonathan Isaac. And I'm like y'all are just like either blind by hatred or you're just pissed at the circumstance that he's been out for two years. But you got something wrong if you think Bull Bull is already better than Jonathan Isaac. Y'all get out of here. Bull Bull is a great is is exceeding expectation. And I think that we're we're experiencing a little bit of recency bias because we haven't seen a guy in two freaking years, which I totally understand. But at the same time, it's it's been wild to me to see the that narrative take place on social media the last couple of days. What I will say to play devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. Bull Bull is definitely more advanced offensively than anything we've ever seen from Jonathan Isaac. Like just in yes. terms of like shooting, ball handling, being able to get, to get two feet in the paint and finishing over guys, like that is 100% accurate. Bull Bull, the last I checked, was still towards the top of the league in, in total blocks and, and blocks per game. To me, the big difference between Bull Bull and Jonathan Isaac is Bull Bull is still not a great one-on-one defender. He is so physically gifted that if he gets beat, he's he's able to make you know chase down blocks and he's just be able to use his his natural God-given size. Right, pause. Jonathan Isaac, on the other hand, yes, has a lot of the same God-given talents, but it's just like in a, a different category in terms of like defensive instincts and like lateral quickness being able to stay in front of his defender. I, I I understand why people are saying that because we've never seen like the offensive stuff that bull bull is doing from JI. And then like bull bull, like in terms of rim protection has been elite. Like let's call yeah. it what it is. He has been elite. So I get why people are saying that it's been 10 games of bull bull like Jonathan Isaac. Bull Bull's biggest thing is like, can he stay healthy? Yeah. But the pe- the thing that's bothering me is like people that are saying Bull Bull makes Jonathan Isaac expendable. Bull Bull certainly makes Mo Bamba expendable. I don't know why you wouldn't want to have Bull Bull and Jonathan Isaac on the same team. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen these lineups. I still believe those guys could play on the floor together. No doubt. You give me a back line of Jonathan Isaac healthy and what we remember him being. Wendell Carter Jr. and Bull Bull defensively, we may never see another layup scored on the Magic with that lineup <laughs> ever again in the history of basketball. I don't know how mm-hmm. you're scoring on that on on that front court. No, but no idea. It's it's definitely frustrating. I mean, we're all just waiting to see Ji again to to see what he looks like, and then of course he has one bad game. It's going to be he's cooked. He's terrible. He's never going to be the same. He comes back and he's amazing. Then it's oh my gosh, we're going to win the title, and maybe not all is forgiven, it's, but I'm sure a bunch of people will forgive some things. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. It, it's going to be... It's been more than two years. You need to treat him like we treat rookies on the show, which is like we give the rookie 20 games, right? And if they're still bad, then we can talk about the criticism that it, you know, we raised to that point. After two years, but, do you feel like 20 games is enough? Like I'm like Jonathan Isaac bias aside, I don't think 20 games is enough. If he still looks terrible and he's played like I, I don't know that he could if he's on the floor and he's playing like 50 plus games this year. To me, I'm gonna be like, that's a win. I'm not. Mm. I'm. I don't think I'm gonna like write him off based upon however if good or bad he looks on the floor. If he is terrible, if he can't move, that's one thing. <laughs> if he's terrible, and I mean like he can't play defense, terrible, right? Like if he just doesn't look the same defensively. And it's been 20 games. Like, if he's not like, even, like, hmm. 70% of the defender that he was before, to me, it would have to be because of, like, it's going to take him time, first of all, to catch back up to game speed. Like, I'll, I'll give him 15 games in that regard until he's just able to process everything that's happening again. You can't go two years not playing at that level and then just pick it right back up. If he does, I mean, he is a man of God. That would be the only explanation for me. <laughs> if he comes back and is just, like, J.I. again, like, again, we've said this, but it changes everything. But yeah, 30, 40 games in, if he just can't move the same way, then that's a different conversation. But like offensively, if he doesn't look great offensively this year, I'm like, all right, whatever. As long as he shoots the ball, at least like league average, like 33, 35%. If he's shooting the ball like that, I'm like, all right, maybe the shooting stuff that we heard was a bit overblown, but let's give him time. But we're having this now 10-minute conversation about something that could still be months away. We just have no idea. Yeah, I mean, there's a conversation we have on or off record. So, yeah, might as well have it now. Might as well. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us. Hopefully, over the course of the next few weeks, it will be very exciting for the Magic. We'll get some guys back. You need to get this win tonight against the Houston Rockets. If you're in town, if you're able to get to the Amway tonight, get to the Amway. The crowds in the building for the first four home games have all been incredible. It's super exciting to see that back in the Amway. But that is going to do it for us. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are watching The Sixth Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Red!